George, I have to add, let's just, George David, let's talk about the weather real fast. I was cold watching I, I was cold watching that. <laughs> that was painful. Yes. Um, My ears, I feel. Exactly. And it, it can be a wild card, the yeah, weather. Oh, and I, I mean, just a few moments ago, we saw Donald Trump coming into this hotel. And speaking of wild cards, I don't know if I've ever seen him without a tie on, but that right. was a, an no, interesting no, absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something, I mean, you're, it's a real test of who is the most motivated, who has the most motivated voting block. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see. David, what do you think? Well, I have to tell you, on this one, there, there are so many wild cards, it's impossible to know. Uh, I do think the one thing all of us can agree on is that we're heading into a season of kickoff here and within the next couple of days for the most significant set of decisions in American, and certainly since the early 20th century. So there is a lot at stake. And what we are seeing, I think now is, and we, in one sense, let's, let's say we've almost discounted anybody but Haley um, and Trump. Well, uh, DeSantis has a very good ground game. He's been investing in it. He could be a real surprise. So I think there are a lot of surprises ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to talk about the horse race, and I do want to talk about the stakes. Just if our, our, our viewers could just uh, hang in there just a few moments longer while we talk about the horse race. I mean, George, one of the things I'm wondering about, to David's point, and that is, you know, could we see a situation where Donald Trump underperforms yeah. in these caucuses? Nikki Haley perhaps does a little bit better. Maybe Ron DeSantis does. I remember Rick Santorum surprising everybody in, in 2012. And then Trump kind of limps out of Iowa to New Hampshire, where Haley could actually win that state. That's right. That really could change the dynamic that, of this. That race. absolutely could. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of. Um, and then the question is, what does Donald Trump do? Right. I mean, if Donald Trump, sooner or later, Donald Trump is going to, if, if he starts losing, he's going to take everyone down with him. I mean, psychologically, that's what he's going to do. He's not going to want to. He's never going to support somebody who beats him. So it's sort of a difficult situation for the Republicans. They have this man who needs to win at all costs, basically, to stay out of prison. And at the same time, he's such a personality. He's a narcissistic sociopath. And he, he is not going to let anyone else win without trying to destroy them. And I, I don't know how this, I don't see what the end game is for any of the challengers to Donald Trump, frankly, because he just He's not going to let anybody else win. Yeah, and, and David, I mean, to that point, I mean, one of the things that happened earlier today was Trump went after Vivek Ramaswamy, of all people, for the first time. And our Kristen Holmes was explaining on this program that part of it was because he didn't like that Ramaswamy was taking some little digs at Trump here and there. <laughs> uh, that kind of gets to a point right. as to how this has been such an unusual cycle and that these non-Trump candidates have really, I mean, bent over backwards to not go after him. Uh, the, the yes. front runner in this race, which is just so unusual. It just doesn't happen. And it's happened. It happened this time. It, it happened this time. And look, and look at one of the races that would, was really important to these primaries. And that is the Nikki Haley situation. Uh, you know, it, and it's, it just makes this very, very difficult because she she eventually in order to gain any ground, she eventually had to go after Trump. Uh, and she put herself into a situation which Republicans and Democrats alike when their candidates hate. Uh, and that is that somebody comes along and, and you know, they, they want them to sort of be quiescent and, and helpful. Uh, you, you take George H.W. Bush when he was running with Reagan. It was really important to, to have, that, have a good relationship there. The 13th Commandment about no, Republicans don't speak ill of each other. Um, and what we're seeing now because of Trump, because what people have to do in order to deal with this misinformation and, and what George, I think, rightly calls his narcissism, um, 
is is really forcing Haley to do some things. I think it made her less um, possible as a running mate for Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, there's almost a new uh, commandment in the Republican Party. Thou shalt not speak ill of Donald Trump. But, uh, you know, George, yeah. uh, going back to uh, Trump's uh, legal problems, I mean, you wrote a piece in The Atlantic uh, this week about uh, this presidential immunity hearing. And I don't want to uh, skate through this program without talking about this. You wrote Trump's lawyer essentially set a trap for himself. The judge gave a hypothetical question on whether presidents are immune from prosecution if they were to order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate political opponents. And, of course, the uh, the attorney for Donald Trump said it was a qualified yes, yes. or something along this. I mean, <laughs> should yeah. anything be qualified when it comes to answering right. that question? Exactly. What, was that the, I mean, was that really the, the final nail in the coffin for that uh, immunity oh, defense. Absolutely. I think it had no chance to succeed to begin with, but his, his, his chance of winning, which was virtually nil, was completely destroyed by the, by the fencing with the judge that he engaged, that this lawyer engaged in by trying to soften the notion, soften the proposition that he was trying to advance, which is that the president can basically do anything. He, he made himself look foolish, and he also pointed out an inconsistency in their position. Their position was, oh, yes, you could prosecute a president if Congress convicted, if the Senate convicted um, a, a, a president of, of, some, of a high crime and misdemeanor and removed him. On the other hand, you shouldn't be able to prosecute a president because we don't want, we don't want political involvement in the legal system. Well, there's nothing more political than Congress deciding whether or not a president is, it, it's just highly political. It's a political process. It made no sense. And, and it, just, it just fell flat in the courtroom. Yeah, and even after that failed hearing, uh, David Trump once again argued he has presidential immunity. He was asked about the scenario of using SEAL Team 6 to go after a political opponent. He didn't really knock it down. There was, he didn't reject this idea, this argument. Let's listen to this. On immunity, very simple. If a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, uh, as soon as he leaves office by, his, by the opposing party. David, you have worked for Republican and Democratic presidents over the years. I have to, I, I've been thinking about this and, and, and wanted, and when they told me you were on the show, I was uh, delighted because I just thought you would be a perfect person to ask about this. Did you ever think in a, ever, that we would be in a universe where we would be having this kind of a conversation, that a president can go out and use SEAL, SEAL Team 6 to go after political opponents? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, I think this is what's got the, not just the United States, many, many Americans, um, really, really concerned about the future of the country. But there are countries all over the world who, who are waiting to see what comes out of Iowa and out of New, New Hampshire, because their fates may well be sealed uh, by what happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's not good news for them. They know that. They think America will be in continuing decline. They're going to try to take advantage of us. We, we have a rough time ahead of us as a people uh, because we don't treat each other with the kind of respect and regard and kind of... Um, sort of professionalism uh, that one would like to see. And, I, and I, I celebrate George stepping up and stepping out on this question. And David, I mean, just to follow up on that, is there yeah. something that also needs to be said about how that kind of conversation could take place in a federal courtroom between Trump's judge yes. and a federal judge? Trump could come out and not knock it down that he would have this kind of immunity if he's back in, in the White House. And it doesn't really have an impact on the race in Iowa. I mean, 
I, I, I'm old enough to remember when something like this would have an impact. And it was about eight <laughs> years ago or so. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've, we've, we've been up and down this hell now a lot in the last several years, yeah. eight years, I guess it is. And we'll survive. I think the one thing that I, I take solace from uh, is that we're, we're a strong country. We're strong people. Fareed Zakari had a terrific uh, piece in the, the uh, Council of Foreign Relations of um, Foreign Affairs uh, here recently pointing out, you know, in the bottom, li bottom line is America gets a lot of things wrong, but we have, we are the strongest nation, the most respected nation uh, on earth, and we shouldn't let that slip away from us. Uh, George, uh, and David's optimism, it, it, you know, this feels like a, an electric heater out in the uh, cold of Iowa right now. Um, but if Donald Trump, and we talked about the other scenario where, you know, maybe uh, things don't go so well for him in Iowa, Nikki Haley catches fire in New Hampshire, we could also see in this New Hampshire, or this uh, Des Moines Register poll is coming out in about 45 minutes or now. If it shows that Donald Trump's way out in front, right. and he crushes the competition right. in Iowa, goes on, crushes the competition in New Hampshire. This race is, might effectively be over. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and I've felt all along that it's highly likely that we will have the first major party presidential nominee who is a convicted felon. I, I, I do believe that uh, even all of this stuff is just discounted by the MAGA base. And the MAGA base doesn't like to hear it. And when they hear it, they double down on him because they don't want to admit they're wrong. There's a, there's a tremendous, and, and for a lot of other people, I mean, the point that we were just discussing uh, with David was that uh, people have gotten so used to it. I mean, there's, it's psychologists and, soci and, and, and political historians call it malignant normality. Um, that we've just, you know, we've so used to Donald Trump saying outrageous, anti-democratic, um, you know, criminal things basically, where he's he he has asserted the other day he was he was expressing um, uh, uh, on Truth Social just the just today I think uh, uh, praise for a mob boss. Yeah, I was going to show. We can right. put this up on screen. Yeah. He thanked the notorious mobster Sammy the Bull uh, for calling him a legitimate guy uh, yeah. in a recent interview. Here's a clip from that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. She tried to press up on Trump, but you could never get to him. Yeah, because he had ex-FBI agents all around him? All the time. Everybody around him is an ex-FBI agent. We'll go up to the office, we'll get cuffed, and we'll go right to prison. <laughs> so forget about Trump. He's a legitimate guy. 